to Prepare Like a Pro live chats. My name is Jack McLean. I created Prepare Like a Pro early in the year. We are a strength and conditioning business based in Melbourne, but we are also working with athletes all around the country. If you're interested in working with us, we specialize in athlete development for football. We have training programs, online training programs, as well as face-to-face sessions. So if you're interested to work with us, head over to our website, preparelikeapro.com, where you can check out our services, coaches, as well as free training programs to trial out and intro to our philosophy in strength and conditioning. Super excited tonight to welcome David Watts to join me in a live Q&A. David is the strength and power coach at the Melbourne Football Club. He's a level three ASCA coach at the Australian Strength and Conditioning Association, where he's also a master level coach, which is a high recognition, the highest level you can get in ASCA. David spent well over 10 years working, developing in human performance. As a coach, he was an accomplished athlete himself and quickly realized he had a passion and strong interest and became a strength and conditioning coach. So super excited for this chat. Feel free to send through questions for those that are jumping onto this chat. I'm just going to invite... David on now. How you going, mate? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Thanks for joining. You I saw you, you popped on with Maccas before. Had a yeah, yeah. I thought I'd jump on for a look. Where are we mate? You, you didn't tell me you were uh, interviewing Maccas before me. You just gone ahead and stitched me up. I, mate, the head of performance at Port Adelaide, the swankiest fitness team in the AFL. Yeah. Some lowly scum from Melbourne coming. Oh, I thought you were that good at your podcast with, uh, what was it, the Australian Fitness podcast i thought oh, this guy handles a bit of pressure all right we'll, we'll yeah <laughs> we'll set the tone early <laughs> now nah, that was a good chat but yeah looking forward to this one as well mate thanks for jumping on we'll we'll crack straight in and, and for all those watching make sure to send through questions today by hitting that question button at the bottom there but take us back to the beginning mate at what age did you realize that you had a passion for for fitness and, and wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach mate i was i was a field hockey athlete originally so a little bit of commonality there with me and Maccas. But I guess when I was at the Queensland Academy of Sport as, as an athlete, I was doing an undergrad at the time. Initially, I'd gone to do become a HBE teacher. But I kind of saw what my S&C did for a living and very sort of quickly realised that, that that's what I want to do. I thought it was a pretty pretty cool way to earn a, job, earn a living. So, yeah, yeah, I started to pick his brain more and more and one thing led to another and then eventually started an intern with him. So, yeah, that's, that's where it all sort of started, mate. Fantastic. And at what age was that? Teenage years, 20s? Where did you? Uh, first moved to Brisbane, like just straight after year 12, so I would have been 18. And I probably would have been 18, 19 when I was really starting to wrap my head around S&C. Like I'd done your local sort of gym sessions at uh, your, your fitness clubs back in where I'm from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, not until I got to the QIS and, and was working with a genuine S&C that us probably have a better appreciation for the profession. Yeah. And was it a performance um, benefit that you experienced with working with him that you, you liked or you mentioned the lifestyle, you thought it was a good career to work in? What engaged you? What, what did you enjoy that he did as a coach? It's, it's things we see day in, day out in this profession is like you, you get to help people achieve things that they didn't think they could achieve by themselves. So you, you teach people how to do max strength training and you see someone's deadlift especially in that developmental space. You see people just get stronger and stronger and stronger every day. And you see the confidence boost that comes along with that. Like, I, I really enjoyed that developmental space, especially my time in the QAS. Yeah. And then like bring that forward to, to now, like, whether it's you know, like getting a guy through a long-term rehab or seeing someone run 36 k's an hour and, and crack 10 metres a second for the first time. Like, those mm. are things that sort of get you up. So, yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. And have you had mentors along the way or strong influences that have, have you mentioned the strength and conditioning coach that helped you as a field hockey athlete? Have there been others along the way? Yeah, so Kieran, Kieran would have been my first one. Kieran Young, yeah. he's currently the um, head of performance at Paddle Sports Australia. So canoe, kayak. Yeah. He would be one of my biggest influences. Probably not just as an S&C, but also as a person. Like he, he's, yeah. he's really top class. But I do think it was a genuine kickstart that I had to my career that I landed at QAS and I was just surrounded by five really high-quality S&Cs that I got to learn mm-hmm. from. So from day one, I had Jeremy Shepard, who many people know, and Michael Davey, who's now working in the NBA with the Bucks, and Kieran, obviously, and, and Andrew Lollum's been in the QAS for a very long time and a really well-credentialed coach in his own right. So I just had a really good group around me when I first started. So yeah. I think that's kickstarted things. And then since then, I'd say that Chris Dennis at, at the Geelong Cats was, I just genuinely believe he's, he's probably the best strength coach that I've worked under. Had just an unbelievable feel for the players, what they needed, how to get them motivated and, and ran a really good program for all these athletes. And I just, I was always impressed by the way Dan went, went about it. And then, then the other one I'd, I'd probably throw in there and He's done uh, a lot more for me than just my career as well, but would be Mark Young. So Mark is the was the head physio at Geelong when I was there. Yep. Uh, and I, I think this is something that's really important for SNCs to do is to develop your mentor group outside of just pure SNC. It, it doesn't have to be a, a physio, for example, but someone outside of the space that can sort of help you grow and push you and, and question things. I'd say Young is is hands down probably the person who's developed me more than anyone else. I owe a lot to him, so yeah. Yeah, because you, you were in the rehab role there, yeah? So you were yep. working closer with medical and conditioning, yeah. Yeah, yep. so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Was that your first sort of medical-based role that you'd done with elite sport? Yes, like full-time. I, I think I got a bit of a, once again, got a sort of head start in that sort of rehab space when I was at the QIS. So yep. like I, um, I turned up there and started working with the women's football program and as with a lot of female sports, there was five ACLs at different oh, right. <laughs> different yeah. stages of their rehab. But so yeah, I had a bit of a baptism of fire in the in the rehab space there. But yes, so the the day in day out, three years of of doing soft tissue and ACLs and shoulders and you name it, it was it was a really really valuable period of time to develop that skill set. Yeah, I can imagine. And like you mentioned, for S and Cs, if you can get that opportunity to, to liaise with medical guys, mm. not just the not just coaches, strength coaches, conditioning and, and the like. So yeah, I think that's great advice. So yeah, yeah, you spent time at, at Geelong and then you've been at Melbourne. Is this was this year your second year or? No. This as is, yeah. First year at Strength Power. Okay, yep. And was that what Chris Dennis was doing at Geelong? Similar sort of role? Yeah, yeah. So we had Phil Merriman, who is the strength and conditioning manager and kind of sat over the top and did a lot of managerial type stuff. And when yep. COVID hit, he, he picked up the rehab stuff as well. But yeah, my role was the the strength and power coach for for the Melbourne Demons. So obviously anything in the gym for the, for the main playing group, and then on field speed and acceleration stuff was was my oh, remit. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And what are some key focuses? You mentioned development, player development is something you're passionate about. And there'll be a few developing footballers that will be watching. What are some key takeaways for them that you you focus on as a strength power coach at the, at the highest level? What, what do you get excited about when a new draft pick comes in and he's, and he's hitting, whether it be strength numbers, speed numbers, whatever it might be, what do you, what do you like to see? Yeah, I mean, this, this year was actually a pretty good example of that. I mean, uh, Luke Jackson did, did a pretty significant hammy sort of midway through the season. 
And we just saw that as a, as a fantastic opportunity to get a lot of strength work into him, get a lot of conditioning into him, and just kind of made it a mini preseason as such. Yep. So the thing that I like most about developmental athletes is they've just got so much scope for improvement. Typically, there's body composition changes that can happen. You can jump straight into really ramping up their aerobic conditioning. But like, obviously, my bias, as it were, is, is strength development. And like, I think about that six-week period that we had with Jacko, and you know, his numbers went through the roof because you know it was no longer like a tough preseason for a first year. It was a period there where there wasn't as much footy load on the kid and we could mm. really go after just his physical attributes. So getting him fitter, getting him stronger. So like listening to Mac as before, a lot of the classic stuff, mate, like we make sure that people can hold onto a 10 kilo plate with a Nordic and, and control that down to the ground. We ensure that guys can, can Copenhagen and, and knock out 15 reps comfortably. Simple calf conditioning kind of stuff. Like can you skip consistently for three minutes without your calves cramping on you? Like stuff that you maybe you take for granted, but then when you test across a large group, you realize just how many people sort of lack that fundamental conditioning level. So, so for me, with these young guys who come in the door, it's like, look, let's get them to be able to do five single leg squats with 10 kilos in hands off a box, like, and through good range, like simple stuff like that. And I think it is important to, to intro some, some heavy strength work with them early because mm-hmm. it's, it's just something that you can get them in around the group with and they look around the group and they see Maxi Gorn pulling 180 off the floor pretty comfortably and they go, well, okay, so everyone does this and with their trap bar with a couple of 20s on the side going, oh, yeah, I've got some work to do. So, yeah, like I think there's – I like the um, – getting them in there and getting that fundamental level of conditioning down across a range of strength metrics but also getting them exposed to – what a 10-year vet in the league looks like. And I, like, I'm trying to, I'm reflecting back to the QIS here a little bit, and that was one of the cool things about that is like you'd walk in there as an 18-year-old hockey kid, and you'd also see Damon Kelly, 140-kilo heavyweight Olympic lifter, overhead squatting 150 kilos and, and silly, yeah, silly wow. stuff like that. So like, I, I think there's a large role for helping young kids in, in team sport really understand what is possible from a strength point of view, yeah. and then targeting them towards, okay, well, these are the things that, are really important for you as a team sport athlete and like i say team sport athlete because there is a lot of cover all there like whether it's football soccer or afl netball developing strength in these classic sort of basic capacity tests of adductors glutes hammies quads calves and trunk trunk control and then probably push something pull something at some point if you do that then you can start talking about the interesting stuff yeah, yeah. And is there certain lifts when the, when the players come in that you, you let them know you can attack these ones because you're moving quite well in this space or maybe you, you're experienced in these, uh, but these ones we're working more on a technique point of view or is it a matter of putting their program in place and, and, and they just need a bit of time yep. in, the, in, in the environment? Yeah, I mean, for me, I probably I try and keep their program as close to what, say, the, the main group is doing. Yeah. But obviously they, they don't do what the main group is doing from a load point of view and then some lifts they just don't have the technical capacity to do at a high level yet so we we might have some guys doing like heavy clean pulls off the floor they're not going to be doing that sort of stuff yet so instead we're just doing fundamental plyo stuff like go check out some of Lockie wilmot's basic plyo progressions and we'll teach them how to absorb and then how to produce and a single leg double leg and and teach more all that sort of stuff 
And at the same time, we're getting them strong in lifting from the floor, whether it's just a simple trap bar deadlift or just a classical deadlift, maybe off blocks or something, if we want to just go from a range that they can actually control um, their mechanics with first. So at the same time as you're teaching them how to produce and absorb, you're also just giving them the strength capacity to be able to do it. So then in six months' time or whenever you feel like it's appropriate and you've progressed it well and the skill is there, you can start doing heavy pulls from the floor and you can develop the the strength and power qualities that's going to help them play the sport at a really high level. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And, uh, yeah, you've seen plenty of successful players and teams, both at at Geelong and Melbourne. For the young guys watching, is there traits, whether it be physical or or mental, that that you think really important to to work on before going into the AFL system? I guess if you were to take on a NAB League role, um, and, yeah, what what would your sort of focus points be at, at the junior level? I think everyone talks about working hard, but they don't. Unless until you see it, I really appreciate what it, mm. that means. And it, it very like so, Mac is before was saying sometimes you need to feel a program, and you know he's getting a little bit wanky, but similar sort of thought, right? It's like until you see someone who's genuinely working hard, and what I mean by that is like so, I'll use Joel for an example. So Captain of the Cats, fantastic athlete, probably one of the hardest working people that I've ever seen he'd be in the club an hour before anyone else and this was regular because i'd be in there as a rehab coach early quite often because i'll be mm-hmm. setting up gps units or doing whatever and you roll in and joel will be on the pilates reformer going through his mobility series and his activation stuff before any other player has walked in the door and then you see the amount of work that he also does from just a leadership point of view around the club like he the the extra interviews and whatever else he does on top of all the football demand. Yeah. So I use that example to say that everyone talks about working hard until they realize what is actually involved with working hard. And the way that, like the model that, that I've, I guess I've tried to communicate across the people is, is like to use the two, two really formative books that I, I know most s probably would have read, which is Grit and Growth Mindset. And once you kind of apply both of those two things to your practice as an athlete, like there's not a whole lot that you can't really achieve if you apply those things and apply them well. So grit just talks about the effort you put in counts twice. And if you go and find the book and, and read through it why, why that's the case. And then growth mindset is quite simple. The simplest way to define growth mindset is to add yet to the end of any um, statement you make about something you can't do. So I can't squat two times body weight. Yeah, awesome. Fantastic. And, and, and that's something that, yeah, do you apply that to your coaching in day-to-day sort of life? Whether it be, I know you work with CrossFitters as well privately and Melbourne with these young boys. If they're, if they're having that sort of terminology, do you, do you apply that into your coaching or is it more say, oh, I think you do, you benefit from reading this book? Definitely, definitely a bit of both. I'd say, like, for example, Berjo passed on a, a book to Stephen May this year and Maisie got a whole lot out of it from just digging in and doing, doing that work by himself. So that there is that aspect and we definitely do things like that. But I'd say that it's about like the hardest thing to do is to call behaviours out that are out of line with what you want and then mm-hmm. to redirect people back towards what you do want. So when someone expresses a comment that is a very sort of fixed mindset comment, so fixed mindset is the opposite of growth mindset and someone's like, oh, look, like I'm just never going to be a strong guy. Like this isn't for me. I'll go do something else. You got to call them on it. Like it's got to be almost immediate. Can't sort of wait two minutes and go, "Hey, like just no." That's it's not the way that we approach things here. I think like we is is the term. Like you want to create that culture or that way that you approach things. 
Yeah. Uh, so I think there's there's genuinely like that element, and then finally it's having a bit of a formalized approach about how you do it. So for me, like I do have like a little Evernote note set up that's kind of like my approach to high performance culture or behavior. And so yeah, there, there's elements in there from grit, growth mindset, the obstacles away, anything to do with the behaviors or attitudes that you want people to to express in in your culture yeah fantastic so so separate to the coaching side put the athlete hat on for a bit so they obviously competitive field hockey i I used to do a bit of dabble with crossfit uh, a few years ago now but i still understand the crossfit jargon that's for sure i see you're into yeah some heavy lifting and have you found that a crossfit methodology is something that you you can apply in elite sport um, whether it be off feet conditioning or or olympic lifts or or gymnastics and if you do what what sort of stuff have you applied with your strength and power role at, at melbourne yeah, look, I think one of the big things that it's made me really do was like when I first started, I started because moved to Geelong and I didn't know anyone. I'd quit hockey, so I'd done nothing but play hockey for 20 years and I was like, oh, I've got to try something new. And I guess I did it to just kind of test out all the sort of the slights that I'd heard on the sport. Yeah. And I, like I just, I, I just didn't see it when I got in there. With the, like I'll put the caveat on this, is like if you go in there with your ego checked and you gradually progress things and you go through it in the right way. It's fantastic. As for the the application to say like D's, for example, there's no way that I'm going to get someone at the D's to try and figure out how to do Amanda. So for those who don't know, Amanda's like 1296 of squat snatches and ring muscle ups. Like that's yeah. so far beyond what we try and do. But like I definitely do take elements from the programming that I picked up and apply them to my off-feet conditioning stuff. So instead of like just the classic, I sit on a watt bike and do some intervals and and like that still has a place. I still program sort of that sort of stuff. I found it to be a really effective way to get people to buy into say, you you create competitive little workouts. Like Mm. especially working in rehab for the last three years is like one of the funnest things is just trying to think up a novel little workout that would work for two guys who are in a moon boot, but they just, they want to like rip in and get something done. So a lot of the sort of CrossFit program design kind of helps with that. It's like learning how to set something up that's four time or an AMRAP or something like this that creates that competitive element. And you just see athletes, they just love it. So no, psychologically it helps them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, I don't program like classic CrossFit workouts for team sport athletes because there's there's too much high uh, complexity under fatigue and under um, high load, which has the potential to injure someone. And mm-hmm. if you're injuring uh, a key player because you wanted to do something funky in the gym, that is a terrible outcome. Mm-hmm. So the, the risk reward isn't there. Mm-hmm. But what you do take from it is you take the really valuable stuff of like, how they create these sort of competitive environments in their workout design that, you know, can give you a really good stimulus as well as the psychological value you get from someone who's been in rehab for three months and it's just kind of over it and has to do something fun. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you compete in the sport yourself or, or is it more a, a hobby that you, you trial for your coaching purposes? Yeah, look, I'd say compete is probably a bit of a stretch. Like, I, I really enjoy it, and I get a lot of community and, and friendship from it. It's kind of like my outlet from SNC. I do throw myself into the occasional competition, but I'm a long way from from anything <laughs> anything meaningful. Like, when you do cross it for a little while, you start to get a little bit of an ego initially. You're like, oh yeah, like I can do this stuff. 
Yeah. Then you do it for a little bit longer and you realize just how impressive what like the top guys do. And it is, it is unbelievable. Like, yeah, it, what they can do under large amounts of fatigue is, is the single most impressive thing. Like, yeah, I made, I made a point in my ACA presentation recently. It's like Matt Fraser cleaned 170 at the 2019 games and he's like 87 kilos little fella, but he wins the clean event. Mm. Cleaning 170 isn't really the more impressive thing. The more impressive thing is the fact that he's done it on, like, day three of the games when they've done however many other ridiculous things and would have been under enormous amounts of fatigue and still was able to get the job done. Like that, yeah. That's the stuff that's impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty cool event to watch the games and yeah. Rich Froning sort of set set the tone and then he's Fraser's just completely taking over and, and, and uh, doing similar things to the sport. Cool to see Tia and, and Cara dominating as well from the women's point of view for, for the Aussies out there. Thanks for joining us, mate. We'll, we'll wrap it up. I know time's pretty important. What are you excited for for 2021? 2021, I'm, I'm really excited for a, a new facility out at, uh, out at Casey Fields. Oh, we've, uh, moved, we've moved out of Amy. So got a brand new gym that I've been busting my ass like for the last week to set up covid restrictions there's only one allowed in there so I've, yeah i'm not i'm not the biggest handyman going rounds but my uh, screwdriver and banner work has improved significantly over last week what yeah. you're setting up a gym did you say yes yeah 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 yeah. sorry i skipped over that a little bit so yeah setting up a gym ah. putting in all the new equipment and setting things up and moving things around three times because you don't like the layout but <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's well, a massive job yeah you gotta get and does that mean sorry i wasn't aware of that so is, is melbourne moving out of amy or, or is this... I think this is just going to be for this year. I think it's uh, okay. just depending on, on finances and whatever else. Like, I don't know where sure. that's at. I think we'll be out there this year and then sort of come back to Amy and, and hopefully at that time there's there's a vaccine and whatever else. I think the main reason is just having so many elite professional sporting teams in that one location. In a, yeah. You have the risk across three different sporting domains. is yeah, a bit too high. Actually, it's, a, it's probably been a theme of the chat in terms of environment and seeing what excellence looks like. Do you think the – this is something I've just, it's just popped up in my head, but do you think with, with Melbourne Storm and even, I'm sure, Melbourne Victory tra- yeah, train there as well, do, are there things that you, the coaches, fitness staff, um, but also the players see that you potentially integrate into or is it, or even just from a technique point of view or, or it might be the Storm boys smashing out big weights that is inspiring or, is it, or do you guys all have schedules where you don't really cross over? Yeah, I would probably say that the last one is there's probably not enough sort of crossover for that to really happen for you to really sort of see what people do. I'd say that we do have a little bit of crossover in the gym with Storm Boys and like I've only been there, been in this role for one year and half of this year has been spent up on up in Twin Boys. I could be be wrong. But uh, yeah, there's probably not enough, but uh, it's probably more the, the hallway conversations you might have about little things that pop up, you know, like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. That's that's a cool way of going about stuff. So, yeah, and, and people regularly talk to the, the quality of the culture at the Storm and from my limited uh, exposure to it, I'd say that it's very true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, fantastic. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Appreciate the chat and, and you sharing your knowledge and experiences uh, with us. It's been awesome. No worries at all, mate. I hope you enjoyed it. Awesome. Cheers, Dave. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Catch up. See you, guys.